0: what's up fellow freaks i'm zach your host of the Ox podcast bringing you a daily dose of uncensored wisdom 10 minutes or less no bullshit no topic off limits if any episode of the Ox has made your life better in some small way please take a few seconds to send this podcast to someone else the best way to spread love is to share what you love now without further ado let's dive in Ethan Hawke, on the enemy of creativity. For anyone who's created something, which is everyone, you fight a battle between believing in what you're making and what you believe other people will consider good. I fight that battle every day alongside billions of my peers on this planet. How can I make something worthwhile? How can I make something that people will look at and say Damn, how good is Zach? What an awesome podcaster. He's the fucking man. I bet he has a 10-inch dick. Spoiler alert, it's not. (laughs) Recently, I watched a TED Talk Ethan Hawke gave in August of 2020 called Give Yourself Permission to Be Creative, which you can find on YouTube if you search TED Talk Ethan Hawke. I'm sure it will pop up. The talk is more than worth the nine minutes of your time for the insights he gives on channeling creativity and connection. I'm going to go through a few quotes from this talk that stood out to me and hopefully are helpful to you in whatever it is that you create. And even if you don't consider yourself a creator, you are. If you make choices, decisions, you create. Whether it's a physical thing like how you paint. Or something more intangible, like how you lead, how you follow, how you love. You can create in ways that are not concrete. And so now I'm going to go through a few quotes from this TED Talk that stood out to me. And hopefully you can take away something as well from one or more of these quotes. And I believe that they can help you fight that battle of wanting to make something and also Worrying about what other people think of it. Or will it be good? And so the first quote that Ethan Hawke says is. Most of us want to make something that people consider good or quality. That's the enemy. It's not up to us whether what we do is any good. And, you know, Ethan Hawke is creating on a main stage. He is a well-known actor who I love he's in a, a lot of my most uh, he, he's in a lot of great movies that I, that I love and, and Ethan Hawk has, has put himself on a platform where hundreds of millions of people know who he is consume his content and he fights that battle on a much larger scale than myself and I respect the shit out of that. Because podcasting for thousands of people, I still feel, even hundreds of people, or whether it's in a room one-on-one, I I still feel that energy of, is what I'm making good? Is it quality? And when he said that's the enemy, that stood out to me. Because when I feel like I'm in the zone with creating the most is when I am not worried about how other people are going to perceive it. I'm The only thing I'm worried about in those moments of flow and connection to what I'm creating is, is it good for me, not other people? Is is this something that I consider good? And is it the best thing that I can create? What adjustments can I make to make it better? And okay, once I've done that, I'm all in. I'm going to give this 100% of my energy, like I am doing now recording this podcast. It's not my responsibility to determine whether this podcast is good or not. Some people may think this is the worst episode of The Ox that I've created. Some people may think it's the best. Some people may think it's somewhere in the middle. For me, I am creating the best episode of The Ox that I can create today, and people can take that how they take that. Once I release this episode, it does not belong to me anymore and it is not my business what other people think of it. Really, it's it's yours and you can take it how you want it. And so yeah, most people want to make something that people consider good or quality. I think that's also ego too, which is definitely something I struggle with. I want to be the fucking man. I want to be you know, 30 years old, 35 years old, and be the man in fucking podcasting land and be a savage and and do all that shit. And with that comes the pressure to make things that other people consider good. And the paradox is that you have to release from that expectation of others in order to make your best shit. The next thing that stood out to me is Ethan Hawke says that art is not luxury. It's sustenance. And for anyone who's ever been through a breakup or some sort of relationship that was a long-term romantic one that ended, you know how powerful art is during that period of you getting over something. It's not just something In the background anymore. You need those songs. You need those movies. You need those conversations. It is actively helping you mold yourself back to the person that is not recovering from a breakup or losing a loved one or losing your job. Whatever it is, art is sustenance and it heals you, it has a physical healing property. And I'm so grateful for the artists like Ethan Hawke and like some of my favorite music artists and other actors that put themselves out there and put their best shit out there so that I can consume that art and channel it into the best version of myself, especially in tough times. I I take for granted the art that I listen to and watch when things are going well it's like a soundtrack to my life, walking around, things are going well. And and I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, this song is great. This movie is great. And then when I'm like, fuck, when I get hit by a train, whether it's emotionally, hopefully not physically, because I'll probably be dead. Um, but yeah, when I when you get hit by that emotional train wreck, whatever it is, that art that you took for granted during those good periods in your life are then like Oh my god, I fucking need this! Like, thank God this song came into my life. Thank God I read this book. Thank God I read this poem. And and the hard part is appreciating the art when things are going well, which I'm I'm still working on. The next thing Ethan Hawke says that stood out to me, he says, "To express ourselves, we have to know ourselves. What do you love?" to express ourselves we have to know ourselves and to know yourself you have to know what you love and this is counterintuitive for me and i've i've definitely felt this uh, you know i i've i am diving into the world of podcasting and through diving into one thing through honing in on what i love professionally, which is podcasting, I feel wider and more connected to other people. It's counterintuitive that diving deeper into one thing opens up your world. And it's true. When you dive into what you love, you you open up yourself and you open up your opportunities to get to know other people, to create with other people. And you, you do get to know yourself. You, to you get to know yourself by expressing yourself, and to express yourself, you have to know yourself. So it, it's a it's a two way street, and I don't I don't think you have to know exactly who you are first before you start expressing yourself. You just have to have a little bit. You just have to have that little whisper in your ear that's pointing you toward the direction, and then through expressing yourself and whatever outlet that is, you are getting to know yourself better and that is something that i'm learning that through action you get to know yourself better it's not you figure out yourself first and then you express yourself like okay yeah i know who i am now and now i'm gonna make shit it's like no you discover who you are by making shit and by doing shit whatever it is that you do you, you expand yourself and you expand the world around you and you become more connected to other people by fully immersing yourself in whatever that whisper is. And then all of a sudden that whisper becomes a voice that's shouting out you, shouting at you saying, you know, get the fuck over here. You're in the right place. And that's a great feeling to have. The next thing is he says that creativity can have this feeling where it's just nice, warm, and pleasant. It's not it's vital. Creativity can have this feeling where it's just nice, warm, and pleasant. It's not. It's vital. It's the way we heal each other. I'd also like to add that it's messy. Sure, there are times when I'm creating and I'm I'm sure that other people are creating, and it does feel warm and pleasant. It feels very seamless. You sit down and you you know this genius starts spurting out from your head and everything's flowing well and there was not much friction between the idea in your head and what came out on the paper or what you recorded or what you made or how you acted at work there was a seamless transition a seamless transformation 99% 99% of days for me at least that is not the case. There are snapshots of warm pleasant creation. A lot of times it's a messy clusterfuck of you know writing and rewriting and recording and re-recording and doing figuring it out like it's a beautiful mess. It's not a negative thing for me. When I say messy, I don't mean it in a negative way. It's a beautiful mess that comes together through creating intensely on that day, and then also sitting down and doing the same thing the next morning or night, whenever it is. So creativity, yeah, can have this feeling where it's nice, warm, and pleasant. And it's not. It's vital. It's the way we heal each other. It's the way we heal ourselves. And It's also messy. The last thing that Ethan Hawke says that stood out to me is be willing to play the fool. And this is the the challenge that I'm going to make for you, the listener, and also myself, is that I need to get better and more willing to play the fool in my life. And playing the fool doesn't mean you have to be the fool. Playing the fool means that you are willing to say I don't know. And you are willing to look like an idiot. And there really is no downside to playing the fool because people are going to judge you and people are going to talk shit to you and people are going to try to make you feel small, whether you put yourself out there or not. The judgment is coming regardless. So there is no downside to playing the fool. The upside is that when you play the fool, you give yourself permission to be more creative because you're not worried about what other people are perceiving you as. When you play the fool, you give yourself permission to learn more because the only way for a fool to get better is to learn from other people. One example of this is that sometimes people will start telling me something that I already know, or maybe I read and you know, I think I'm the man. And someone starts saying something to me that I've already heard before. And part of me kicks in and says, you know, I don't need to hear this. I already know it. Why the fuck am I letting this person speak and ramble on about something I know? This is a fucking waste of time. And then another part of me clicks in and says, hey, dumbass, you probably need to hear this again. Or maybe you didn't hear it right the first time. Or maybe this person has a different perspective on what you heard and you didn't pick up on it the first time. You can learn something from this person. You can learn something from the way that they perceive that information in a way that maybe you weren't able to. And this interaction, even though it's similar to something you heard before, because it's coming from someone else, it's not the same. And it may make you better. And and so... That's something I need to get better at is playing the fool, being willing to seem like an idiot when I'm creating, and being willing to be open and learn more. And I challenge you to look for areas in your life to do the same. And again, playing the fool and how you learn and how you create doesn't make you a fool. Makes you the opposite. But playing one is a good way to open yourself up and... Like Ethan Hawke says, give yourself permission to be more creative.